I'm your host, Vic Choksi, and this is Victory Lab. The premise behind Victory Lap is simple. It's to have on luminaries from the sports, entertainment, and media worlds to talk about their journey, and most notably, one victory that helped them reach their goal. On today's episode, I speak with Randall Thompson of Dugout Mugs. Randall is a former minor league baseball player that turned entrepreneur. He has a fun story, so I'm sure you guys will enjoy this episode. Randall, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you on this episode of Victory Lab. You know, let's talk about your journey a little bit. You, you've done some really cool stuff in the world of sports. Take me back in time a little bit. You were a minor league ball player, right? I was, yeah. Played in the Toronto Blue Jays organization. Just growing up, did you always want to be a ball player? Yeah, from the time I was five, had a dream of playing uh, professionally. The experience is a little wonky because you you kind of expect it to be one way, and then you get there, and it's a and it's a different way. Uh, which I think a lot of people that have had the experience of playing professional baseball will tell you that it's uh, it's all you can eat at Shoney's buffets. Uh, it's, it's not the Ruth Chris and the uh, the Burns Steakhouse of the of the world. But uh, you know, yeah, I'm I'm incredibly grateful that I got the opportunity. But uh, it, it is a little bit different than you would anticipate. Talk to me a little bit about how you came up with the idea, right? You were in the minor leagues and that's how you came up with the idea for your business, Dugout Mugs, right? Well, shortly after I got released from baseball, I went back to coaching college ball and I was the pitching coach at Florida Tech, which is a D2 school over on the East Coast of Florida. And uh, the recruiting coordinator was taking a handsaw and he was cutting wooden baseball bats in half. And there was a bunch of loose barrels, uh, baseball bat barrels, just kind of just scattered throughout the dugout. There's a, a natural cup to, to some baseball bats, and I kind of just grabbed one of those loose barrels, and I, I examined it and looked, looked over it, and I had just kind of a, a thought that maybe I could continue to cup that bat out and turn it into a mug, and, the, and that's how the dugout mug was born. Growing up, I always had like ideas. College, I was kind of the guy that always had like these ideas. My MO was like I'd have these ideas, and I'd never do anything with them. The majority of my attention and energy all of my attention and energy was in baseball and I kind of always had two outlets and I never really realized it but I put everything into baseball I get out of baseball and my new outlet is uh, you know I love I love my business I love creating so the very first thing I did was I just put it in my back pocket just like any other idea that I that I did and uh, I didn't really start pursuing it until about a year and a half later Let's talk about how you went from the ideation phase of this product to actually making it into a real business, right? Like, how did that all come together? It feels like a blur since the time I had the idea till now. It's been about six years, but that six years just feels like all one blur. And I think what that's from is it's just from a result of you kind of just get into the groove of things. Uh, you look down, you start, well, really, you look down and you start crawling then you kind of get up and you're like, oh man, maybe I can walk, but I still don't trust my feet. And you kind of start jogging and then you start sprinting and then you look up and you're like, holy crap, look how much look how much space I've covered. I don't even realize what just happened. So like when I try to pinpoint the process of things, it's almost like I just got into these habits and this groove of just like taking questions that I don't know the answer to and figuring out the answers. And then before you know it, six years later, I have a a business that's doing really, really well. Fast forward a little then, when did you decide to go all in? I left my full-time job in February of 2017. So I've been doing it full-time for about three full years now. I went all in. I, I teamed up with Chris. 
teamed up together and we started both giving our full-time effort into it. And yeah, I guess once, once I burned the boat and I left my full-time job, it's like, well, this is, this has got to work now. Let's talk about scaling a little bit, right? Like how did you go from your first product to, you know, getting a licensing deal with the MLB? Was that kind of the big step for your business that put you guys over at the top and kind of to the next level? Yeah, one one we got a uh, MLB license in October of 2018. So we see two major spikes throughout the year: one for Father's Day, uh, another for uh, the holidays that happen in the the last month of the year. And so getting that MLB license in October of 2018, right before uh, fourth quarter sales, uh, it was a huge difference maker for us. Not only from being able to say on our social media ads, "Hey, do you want a Kansas City Royals mug?" You know, it grabs a, a fan in a different way. And then also being able to justify, uh, you know, w- when we look at it, it's a $64 mug, which is on the high side. But whenever you put your favorite MLB team on there, uh, there's a little more, let's just call it, it it's just easier to justify uh, asking that price for, for something like that. So, yeah, pivotal moment was grabbing the, the MLB license. At the end of the day, anybody that's a sports fan is some kind of fanatic and will always kind of love their team to death and pay what it takes to get, you know, some of the things that they love. So no, that makes a lot of sense. What are some of the roadblocks you guys faced along the way to get to where you are today? Uh, I would say in the very, very beginning, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know anything about anything. I knew, I knew baseball. So in the beginning, I didn't really know what questions to really ask, which can be challenging in itself. Um, Thinking back on initially trying to just even get a prototype made, you'd think that it would be incredibly simple to just put a, a hole in a barrel, unlimited amount of calls that I made to try to find somebody that could do this. And now looking back, you connect the dots and it's so freaking obvious that like, hey, I needed a wood turner. Like, yeah. uh, and those, those are everywhere. But at knowing what questions to ask in the very, very beginning. And then when we started hitting scale and we started hitting uh, our stride of things, uh, finding partners that could keep up with the volume that we were we were at and then where we thought we were going and finding people that would fully get involved and, and try to try to grow with us. And so, uh, you know, we finally took a step back from that and we said, well, the only way this is going to really, really work is if we get get this under our own roof and we do this the right way. And so that's that's one of the pain points is just trying to find people that were completely on board with us once we realize that no one's going to be as on board as we are. So let's get our own operation. Uh, that's when things really started taking off as well. How has COVID affected your sales? We've been fortunate. Um, we, in, this time of the year is always a busy time of the year for us anyways. But I guess the way we're looking at it is people are going to still buy gifts for Father's Day. They're just most likely not going to buy gifts at a, at a Kohl's right now. They're not going to go to a department store and buy them. So online consumption in general is going up and that consumption online going up is also a reflection of what's going on in, uh, in our business. We've, we've been fortunate. We've been able to hire a few people during this kind of crazy time. Knock on wood, it's been, it's been okay. <laughs> That's great. I got to say, you guys have some terrific marketing. I love your retargeting ads. Like I, I see it everywhere once I kind of checked it out. And, and that's uh, really, really sweet during these times, right? I feel like, you know, consumption of internet and news is up, social media is up. So we're always on kind of our phones and the computer. So you guys have done a terrific job of kind of retargeting and, you know, staying on top of people's minds, especially around Father's Day. So I had to give you a little bit of props there. So, you know, going through everything you've done, is there one thing that you're most proud about when you're just looking back on it? 
the analogy that I always use is that I have a hard, uh, I have a hard time reflecting on things. Uh, it's hard to read the label when you're in the bottle. The way I view what I'm doing right now is, is I'm, I'm almost in a, I'm almost in a baseball game, and I would, you know, I'd put us somewhere in between like the seventh and eighth inning of things. It's always difficult for me to kind of take a step back, look at it, and talk about a win before I feel like we fully have won. I'll go with uh, the Atlanta Braves approached us when uh, Chipper Jones got inducted into the Hall of Fame. They wanted to do door giveaways or a certain t- ticket package. Uh, you buy this ticket package to honor Chipper Jones, you get X thing. The X thing was us. Uh, I grew up a huge Chipper Jones fan, a uh, huge Braves fan. He was my idol. And so the Braves ended up buying about 3,000 dugout mugs with Chipper Jones' signature on them and handed them out at SunTrust Park uh, when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame that weekend. I was at that game, made, made it a point that everybody went, my parents went, and just kind of seeing like thousands of these things that you know I thought up with my childhood hero uh, engraved on there. Just That was kind of like a pretty cool proud moment i guess yeah that's sweet man I, I love chipper too by the way he he was awesome you know that's the one thing i think a lot of people don't understand about entrepreneurship and own, owning your own business it's like you're working 24 7 right you're you're grinding things out and, and doing this every day i've been there before so i know how it is but like for you what's your typical day like in general yeah if it's and if it's not actual work it's your mind like my default mind is to always be thinking of things so like yep if i roll over and my mind wakes up for one brief second. I'm like thinking about what, what where our inventory levels are, and <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's a sickness that you you got to be careful with. Uh, I've I've found myself and and to to my routine. I get up earlier now, so I so I make sure that I have time for myself in the morning to to check the boxes of what I what I know I need to get done before I get I start getting pulled in a bunch of different directions. I start my morning off with, uh, with doing some sort of just peace and quiet, try to silence my mind because uh, it needs a break. I try to get some sort of workout in maybe three or four times a week, which with this COVID thing, the gym's not being open was tough, but I bought, ended up buying a, a punching bag that I put in my office. And uh, yeah, I, I, I leave my mornings open for me to be able to get done whatever I need to get done. And then I just pack, pack full uh, any sort of meetings with, who you know whatever's going on from a marketing side to a production side to a legal side uh, i leave the afternoons up in that and i kind of just try to do 20 minute increments of of just knocking out those those meetings and wake up rinse and repeat i try to do absolutely nothing on sundays uh every once in a while i'll poke in on saturdays and kind of do some things but all in all i really love and enjoy what i do so it doesn't doesn't feel like it's an overburden that i'm that i'm putting in hours on a saturday you nailed everything about being an entrepreneur. I feel like it's definitely a sickness. You're definitely thinking about everything 24-7. But at the end of the day, sometimes you love it so much that it doesn't feel like work, right? And, and yeah. maybe it does a little bit to like your friends and family because you're, you know, let's face it, it's a lot of sacrifice, right? You're missing out on a lot of things that normal people do. But like you said, if you love it to the point where this is making you happy, then, it, you know, it's the right move. So any advice you have to future entrepreneurs or just people out there that are sitting on ideas, like you said? Because like you said, a lot of us have great ideas, all of us growing up, and we've just kind of held it. We're scared. There's fear. You know, you don't know what to do. But any just general advice you have to people like that? I think in a lot of ways, uh, it's what I was born to do. And I think entrepreneurs or non-entrepreneurs very quickly realize that it's what they're supposed to do or not supposed to do. 
you know, there might be a brief time in your life that you lean into things to get motivated. But if that motivation, like if you need that motivation every single day uh, to kind of keep you going in, in, in entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship's probably not for you. So I guess what I, what I would say is like if you have an interest or a curiosity of, of entrepreneurship or if you have an idea, of course you should give it a try. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that this is for everybody. It's incredibly hard. It's incredibly taxing mentally. You got to really, really want to do it. And I think even more so, I think you have to be born to do it. So my, so my advice is if, if you do it, give it a shot. But if you feel as if that you have to constantly get motivated, be motivated, uh, expect somebody else is going to do it for you, just hang it up. And it's okay. Like even though it's the cool thing, it's okay. Just move on to something else. It's not for everybody. So looking back on your entire journey, right? I'm talking about from when you were a kid to where you are now. I know we talked about one moment you're really proud about, but is there like a victory that you can think of small or big that kind of helped you get to where you are today? There's a saying that I love. It's shit is the best fertilizer. Uh, So just adverse times help you grow. I would say that my biggest victory is uh, I was at my lowest point when I started this company and I kind of just made a decision to rewire my brain and that decision of rewiring things and looking at things differently and overfeeding my faith in times that like I should have had no faith that's probably the biggest victory that I had. So like if you feel if you feel as if that you're at that 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 bottom, you can change a whole lot of things in your mind and it'll put you on a whole other trajectory of life. So me making that decision to 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 change my mindset on things and actually get after it and be grateful for the things I had versus the things I didn't have. Uh, just that shift in mindset I think is my biggest victory and maybe in my life. That's great, man. I love it. it it's always interesting to hear about everyone's Big or small victories and just how they get up and how it motivated them and, and brought them to who they are. So, you know, let's transition real quick into today's sports landscape. And, you know, you're a ball player at heart, so I got to ask you about the MLB season. Do you think it actually happens? Do you think it and it actually com- finishes with everything going on? Yeah, I do think we start a season. If I was a betting guy, which I don't, I don't like to gamble, I like to play cards every once in a while, but <laughs> if I was a gambler... I would say that we don't conclude an MLB season. Man, it's crazy. Peter Gammons was on, and he literally put it at like 5% was his, <laughs> his poll this past weekend, 5% that they finished the season. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, Gammons has got to be pushing, what, like 90, 92 years old by now? So he, he's, yeah. got a lot of, he's got a lot of wisdom in his years. So I feel like if there's anybody that knows something about this stuff, man, it's, it's him. But everything's so fluid, right? It changes literally day to day. So, right. you know, yeah, and I hope sports come back. I hope our country gets back. I hope the world gets back and every, everything gets better soon. So let, let's see how it goes, man. I, I'm just worried about the sports like MLB, football, college sports, where like, you know, it's just a free for all. There's no real bubble trying to be created, at least by the NBA. And I just don't see how it happens with, with everything going on. But you know, hopefully we're both wrong and, and we get a full season. So you know, before we wrap it up, I always like to do a little fun rapid fire Q&A with my guests. Uh, just casual fun stuff, you know, better. I'll, I'll start it off. Better pizza, Chicago or New York? Shoot, man. Because I was just in Chicago last year and the pizza was really good, but I don't particularly like deep dish. Let's go with New York. Best player you ever faced? When I was with the Blue Jays, they were doing a, a game where Vlad was on my side and then Jim Tomei was uh, rehabbing with the Phillies. He, he signed some sort of like one-year deal or something like that and he was coming up. So I never pitched against Jim Tomei, but 
I was sitting in a, like a backfield in the Blue Jays complex, and uh, Jim Tomey was on one side, Vlad was on the other side, or on our side, not Junior, Vlad, 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 and uh, and I was just kind of like, what is going on here? So never actually pitched to, to Tomey, but I guess if you look at it, we played against him, Jim Tomey. Both those guys were monsters. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're legends. When I look back on that, you know, it was 2011, I think, maybe 12. And when I look back now, I was like, man, I should have probably appreciated that a little more than I than I did. But you know, punk kid didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, man. I think now that I'm older, that's the biggest thing in life, man. We just, you know, you, when you're in that moment, you don't realize a lot of things. And when you get older, you kind of reflect back on a lot of these things. You realize, hey, I should have done this or that, but. All we can do is kind of learn from that and hopefully pass it on, right? So, yeah. uh, two more questions. Favorite book growing up? I used to read this do- this this book called The Diggity Dog, uh, and now, you know, I don't know if it's because I don't I I'm not good at reading that I don't read at all, but I I view it as uh, just a progressive procrastination. You know, I, I view books as kind of like uh, fearful of actually going out and doing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had all the Goosebump books. But never actually read them. It's just just a sweet collection of those. So I'll go Diggity Dog. I remember just reading Diggity Dog all, all the time, and I read all sorts of baseball books. But <laughs> nice. Diggity Dog. Last question for sure. Craziest thing that's ever happened to you during like a sporting event? There's G, PG, like PG thirteen and R rated answers that I could give here. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let's go to like PG thirteen or R, not not anything above. So. Not X, triple uh, X or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is the first thing that pops up in my mind, but uh, and this is a, a good representation of just like pitchers and baseball players in general. But in, in college ball, we were in Valdosta State, and uh, for whatever reason, just absurd amount of uh, of uh, love bugs were just everywhere in our dugout. Like it, it almost felt like you couldn't see in front of you with how many love bugs were in our dugout. And so uh, a left-handed pitcher that I played with. Um, and lefties always have just kind of this goofy nature to him. He was sitting like, you know, like, like I guess like a monk would sit. Like he was sitting very peacefully. And he had just a, a lap full of, of dead love bugs. But then there was like this this aura around him that none of the love bugs were, were messing with him. And our head coach is like, Carmen, you know, what the F are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, you've noticed none, none of them are none of them are messing with me and he was just like sitting there in peace and so like i don't know why that pops in my head but like it's not even that crazy but just the kind of the absurdity of that of that story just popped in my head yeah and kind of the absurdity of like the minor leagues i feel like and just baseball in general or just being an athlete sometimes it's those little things that stick out right so that's great well i wish you all the luck in the world with dugout mugs moving forward man thank you for your time i appreciate it i'm looking forward to I'm actually going to get a Cubs mug, man. So I'm a huge Cubs fan. I'm born and raised in Chicago. So uh, there's like three that I have my eye on. So I'm excited. And I'm excited to see what you guys do next. You know, uh, will you guys ever venture into other sports? I know right now you can kind of customize your logo, uh, but your company's called Dugout Mugs, right? Is that something you've thought about? I think we'll stay very narrow and try to get as deep as we can within the baseball world. (laughs) Sweet, man. Well, thanks again. Good luck with everything. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon, Randall. Thank you. My thanks again to Randall Thompson for joining me today. Make sure you check out their awesome products at dugoutmugs.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to give us a like or a follow and please share the word with your friends. Last but not least, you can follow my work at DocSquad33 on Twitter or VicChoxy33 on Instagram. 
Thank you guys again for listening. I'll see you next time on Victory Lab.